Chai Adar, Tafshin Ayin Chet, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Itzik Dadye opens things up with Hakol Tov here on this live edition of The Israel Show coming to you on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We're here each and every Monday immediately following J.M. in the A.M. 9 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Israel time around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is now, that's the time we're on. Jot it down. Make a note for yourself because we can't keep track. And of course, you can listen to us whenever you want. Whenever you want. Can you imagine that? What a world we live in. You can listen to us whenever you want on demand at NachumSiegel.com or via the beloved NachumSiegel Network app, which is available on the iTunes Store and on the Android Play Store as well. Have a very interesting show coming up. Coming up. Going to tell you about um, all the politics in Israel. I mean, really, it's just... It's crazy. It's unfortunate that that's where things get done. That's where laws get passed. That's where influence is made. But unfortunately, politics is really crazy. Um, Things were going very fine and well in Israel. And uh, Netanyahu, Prime Minister Netanyahu, seemed to have been cruising along on his way to a a full four-term, four-year term, which was uh, very unusual, if, uh, if not unique in the history of Israel. Um, But then the uh, spate of investigations just exploded. And the number of um, state's witnesses now that have turned against him from his very, very close friends. Um, Another one was added today. And Natanashal and... Is that who it was? I I better check before I say for sure. Nir Chefetz, I'm sorry. Nir Chefetz. 
another very close advisor to the Prime Minister, has uh, signed a deal for uh, to turn state's witness, and he gets full immunity from anything. He will never sit in jail as long as he um, um, he gives testimony against Netanyahu. Uh, Prime Minister is in America now for the APAC convention. APAC convention continues today. You can watch it, by the way, online. It's streaming all the time live, and then you can watch it later on as the um, as the different videos are released of the speakers um, at the APAC website. Just just do Google APAC Policy Conference 2018, and you'll find it. You'll find the exact link. It's the easiest way to get there. Uh, so the Prime Minister is here. He's going to meet with President Trump. He's going to try and shore up some of the positive news about him in Israel. And uh, who knows, maybe he will declare elections. The polls in Israel seem to show that the Prime Minister will do well in elections now. That means the people continue to support him, support in some, some polls, and many polls show that his support is even greater now than it was before all these uh, investigations. Uh, maybe the public is just fed up with all the news about the investigations and they don't feel that uh, some of this stuff rises to the uh, criminal uh, level. We don't know because nobody really knows what it is. It's all leaks to the media. We did a comprehensive review, the complete review of the Prime Minister's uh, investigative uh, investigation gate, right? That's what everything is with a gate now since Watergate. Investigation gate. Um, last week, if you haven't heard it, it's it's really the beginner's guide to the um, politics that are involved and what the different investigations, the different um, police investigations, they're given numbers. It is 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, and so forth. Uh, we go and explain it one by one on last week's show. So go ahead to the archives at NachumSiegel.com. Click on archives. Click on the Israel show. Go back to last week's show, and you have a very clear, um, you know, well-broken-down um, review of that. We will talk today about uh, possible elections. We'll talk about um, Israel in the World Championship of Jiu-Jitsu. We have brand new music from Yonatan Razel and from Ishai Rebo, the uh, top of the uh, top of the line. We'll bring you that as well. All of that coming up. We uh, here is Ear uh, Levy with Arkadi Duchin off of the album Shuvlin Show. This is Min again. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
30 אחוז מהזמן אני רק חולם על זה. נזכר, אחר כך שוכח, הולך לישון, ככה, רעב, בלי חלום. בבוקר, רץ, 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 על שטויות, על דברים בלי ערך, על אפרות, פרנסים מתוחכמים, אסטרטגיה, אג'נדה. אבל היא שם, עומדת בפינה, מחכה לי. אפשר לעשות כל כך הרבה ביחד, לא רק ידעתי, לנגב זה להוריד את החלודה. That is such a good album. Yair Levy, Shuvlin Shom, that was Minagen. And he's joined there with Akkadi Duchen. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Israel Show on the Nachum Segal Network. So last week, as, as mentioned, uh, we did a, um, a long segment about uh, trying to really put everything into order, giving you uh, a structured understanding and analysis of the situation in Israel vis-a-vis the police investigations against Prime Minister Netanyahu. Investigations continue full force, and um, new, uh, the, the, all, all of the police, um, with, um, all of the police uh, investigations are based uh, on, on, um, state's witnesses, meaning people that were very close to Prime Minister Netanyahu, that had access to all the information, all the stuff that maybe a politician wouldn't want the public to see. You know what they say about politics, it's like the restaurant business, you know, you, the food is good, but you don't want to see how it's made. Um, and so the police were able to threaten and turn state witness to three people that were very close to, to Prime Minister Netanyahu, Netanyahu. Nir Hefes is the latest, Ari Haro, and uh, Shlomo Filber, those are the three. Uh, they were basically bullied by the police and threatened, threatened that their family will be destroyed, not physically, but their lives would be destroyed by the police. They were put in prison. Nir Hefes sat in prison for uh, quite a while in horrible conditions. Uh, and at the end, it works. You know, uh, a, a human being is a human being, and he breaks, and he says, okay, he has no choice, he'll turn state's witness. And the police continue with their, um, with their crusade against uh, the prime minister. Now, that's not to say that the prime minister didn't things, do things that were wrong. We don't know. That's the bottom line. We don't know, and uh, the presumption of innocence surely attaches here. Only stuff that we know is from the media. And the media is getting it from leaks from the various parts, mainly, it is believed, mainly from the police. Um, and now, this week, the media has been pumping and pumping and pumping about elections. Elections, elections, there's going to be elections, there's going to be elections. Last week, we said that we don't think there's going to be elections, and the reason we believe there wasn't going to be any pending elections, elections are not until 2019, those that are on schedule. In Israel, unlike in the United States, elections don't happen On a regular basis, they happen either every four years for the national office for the Knesset or when the government when no one can put together a government, meaning nobody has a coalition of sixty one votes in the Knesset to support a government, in which case uh, elections are declared, and um, I believe it takes three months to get ready for the elections during the three months um, Basically, everything stays as is. No, no major shifts are allowed to happen. 
and uh, there's campaigning, of course, and then the and then we start we go all over again. This is one of the longest lasting governments in in the history of Israel. Very stable, very good, because everybody in there had an interest to stay. The big parties, the Likud, Kachlon's party, um, Kulanu, he's the minister of the treasury, the Otsar. And the reason he wants to keep things going is because if he stands for election, he has to show that he was able to accomplish things that spoke to his base. And his base were the people that were looking for a better economy for the middle and low class. He was going to lower the prices of apartments. He was going to bring um, down tariffs and taxes and so forth. And he's got to be able to show some accomplishment before he goes to election again. Otherwise, his 10 seats would probably dwindle, and he doesn't want that. So he's not rushing to elections. Um, Naftali Bennett maybe wouldn't mind elections, but he's also not rushing. He could truly would be happy to continue to shore up his his uh, his impression in the in the public eye. His um, his uh, stand, status and standing, both as minister of education, but also as a as a, a security minded person, someone who knows about uh, army and uh, and so forth, and people would feel comfortable and confident trusting him to be a prime minister. He eventually wants to be the prime minister. There's no question about that. So he's not racing there either. Shas, uh, led by Aryeh Derry, their poll numbers are very low. And they surely wouldn't race to uh, to go to elections. They might be wiped off the map in a, in in, a, in another election, which is shocking. Once the the third largest party in the state of Israel would be wiped off the map, but it's happened. Um, and Aguda, the, the Aguda, and uh, also Lieberman. Those are the two left. The Aguda we'll get to in a minute because they're the ones at this point that are at the at the tipping point of the of this whole uh, situation. Uh, Lieberman, who is a minister of defense, knows I believe quite clearly that he'll never get this job again. In rather fluky uh, circumstances in which he got it, he loves it. He wanted it. He wants it to show his people that he can be tough and so forth. I don't know if he was really shown that, but. Um, whether his party would grow is really questionable. Um, it might shrink, it might grow, it might stay the same. Don't know, but he's not racing to go anywhere because every day that he has as a minister of defense is only for his benefit. And now we come to the Aguda. Until recently, the Aguda w- would have been in the camp of those who aren't racing to go to elections. And so everybody would be happy. But... For whatever reason, I, I don't know why the Aguda decided to to um, put the hammer down, and they decided to say they will not vote for the budget, which is the main piece of legislation that happens every year. Um, the country can't run without a budget, just like in the states. You know, all the all the horse trading and all the all the uh, uh, pork barrel. Although in Israel you can't call it pork barrel, but you know, um, and so forth. So. The, uh, the, the that's com- that vote is coming up. Uh, Va- Deputy Minister of Health Litzman, who is the representative of the Gerarebi, very strong part in Agudath Israel and the Haredi world in Israel. He came and he said, "We will not vote. We will not vote for this budget. Meaning, we'll we'll bring down the government unless." the government passes a law that stabilizes the situation where Haredim, who are learning Torah, do not have to serve in the military. What What is crazy about that? Well, they've passed many laws, and every time they pass such a law, the Supreme Court mowed it down. The reason it mowed it down is because the Supreme Court said this law discriminates between people in Israel and it's a discriminatory law and it can't be uh, it can't be passed it's it's not it's an illegal law so to speak this is part of the craziness that goes on in Israel where the Supreme Court is what they call well was I don't know if it'll continue to be because it is shifting but it was what um, 
<clears throat> what they call an activist court, where the Supreme Court felt that he, it was able and it had the power to strike down laws that the Knesset passed, even though it is the Knesset that's the chosen body by the people, and the court system are is made up of judges who appoint themselves and appoint their successors. So every law that's been passed until now on this issue has been struck down by the courts. The Aguda is saying now the government has to yet again pass a law that will be Bagat's proof, <laughs> Supreme Court proof, that Supreme Court will not be able to knock it down. And if they don't do this th- within the next, let's say, two weeks or so, they're going to bring down the government. And that is really weird for many reasons. We'll tell you all about it after this uh, musical break. Brand new, released yesterday, Yonatan Razel and the Israeli Philharmonic of Rishon LeZion. They're doing a cover of a song that was uh, composed and sung by Mati Kaspi originally. The words are by Rachel Shapiro. Od Yom, very well-known classic Israeli song, Od Yom. This is uh, Yonatan Razel. We'll debut it here on The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thanks for tuning to the Nahum Siegel Network.
brand new, released yesterday, debuting here on the Nachum Siegel Network on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thanks so much for joining us. That was Old Yom, a remake, a cover of the Mati Kaspi classic done by Yonatan Razel and the uh, live in, in live performance with the Philharmonic Symphony, uh, Rishon Litzion. And uh, that is going to be part of an album that should be released any day now. We're looking forward to getting that that brand new release and sharing it with you. We have a brand new song coming up soon by um, by Yishai Rebo. Great, uh, a great, very, very good. I I really enjoyed it, and I'm sure you will as well. So we were explaining that the Aguda party basically is threatening to break apart the current coalition, which will throw the country into elections if a law is not passed immediately, um, immediately if not sooner, so to speak, in which will be set in stone the um, pitur, the release that people sitting uh, and learning exclusively, not working, not doing anything else except learning, they would be exempt from army service that is currently the practice in Israel and it has been so for many 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 decades almost I would say almost the entire the entirety of the uh, since the establishment of the state of Israel the entirety of that time 70 years coming up on 70 years um, there was a pitur an exemption for those shetoratam umanutam that their their um, profession is learning Torah. They don't have to go to the army. Well, it's not that they don't have to go to the army. They, their army service is deferred. That's the way it always was. Now, as time went on, more and more objections to this arrangement have come up because the number of yeshiva students uh, grows from year to year, and uh, the general public in Israel feel uncomfortable that their children have to put their life on the line. And uh, although... Many of them don't necessarily subscribe to the concept of uh, that Torah study is uh, is something that is as important as army service. They're ready to understand that the state of Israel, as the Jewish state, needs to have a certain number of people who who are going to be the future of the, of Torah study uh, in in the world, in the country for sure, but even in the Jewish world. But that every person who is Haredi and the numbers keep increasing that uh, they they don't it's very hard for them to tolerate this concept especially when their children are going to the army and they don't have any way out um so the aguda wants this to be made permanent into law in a way that should not be able to be overturned by Israel Supreme Court which is what happened to previous laws this has been going on for a long time now here's the here's the thing which i don't understand so uh, i'm not sure where this is coming from. This is probably the most favorable government that there is to the religious world and to the religious Zionist world. If this coalition gets torn apart, I don't know that the Aguda is going to be happy with the results. One of the Aguda spokespeople yesterday said on the radio that we have to do what's right and then we'll go to elections, and God will be with us that the elections should come out with a, as good of a result as what we have now, if not better. I ain't some canal hanes, I don't know. It, it, it seems that you're saying, yeah, you're right. It, 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 there's a danger in going to elections. You never know what's going to come out. No matter what the polls, no matter so many things could happen. You could be taking a situation that's better than it's been in a very long time of such a pro-religious government, pro-settlement government, strong, firm government that understands the dangers of the world around us and replacing it with a left-wing government that's anti-religion that might continue to do some of what was started in Oslo which did not end up being so positive for the state of Israel and for the Jewish people. And nobody, and, and everybody agrees to this, nobody is drafting 
Haredi yeshiva students. It's not happening. Even if there's no law, even if there is a law, whatever it is, it's not happening. It's not ever going to happen. It's not a practical thing, and it's not going to happen. So why break up a government? Why break up this current situation that's so good for everybody and put the country into this chaotic situation where we don't know the result? I don't know the answer to that. There's got to be something else going on here because it can't be that for a declarative kind of law that really has no practical implications the Aguda would be ready to just throw everything out. I, I, I don't understand it. There is one other force, a very strong force in all of this, that might want to go to elections, not sure, and that is Prime Minister Netanyahu. Some, some posit the following. He's in, in trouble with all these legal investigations. It's going to take a while for the... Uh, Attorney General to decide whether to that he should stand trial. That there's enough evidence to to uh, to win a, a guilty verdict against the Prime Minister. That's going to take a while. In the meantime, he's going to be weakened, and there's going to be constant, you know, beating of the drums of the media that he's corrupt. That he's corrupt. It's already so. They've been beating the drums like this for well over a year. He's corrupt. He's corrupt. He's corrupt. He's corrupt. He's corrupt. And you figure at some point it has an influence on somebody. Netanyahu says to himself, look, right now I'm in the United States. I'm going to meet with Trump. There's going to be great reaction there. There's going to be great reaction to my speech at APAC. Yom the United States is going to move the embassy to Jerusalem. I'm going to try and get President Trump to come. The pictures are going to be amazing. I'll get tremendous support. Everybody will be in a very good spirit. That is in the middle of April. If there are elections, if there would be elections, the thought is that it would be at the end of June, before everybody leaves for the summer, before summer vacation begins and people go out of town. It'll be like the last week in June. So I'm coming with a a strong entry, thinks maybe Prime Minister Netanyahu. And so if I take that, and I spin it right, and all the polls show that my popularity and my uh, the number of, uh, of of votes I would get would just g- continue to grow the more I'm investigated. Hey, maybe that works to my benefit. Maybe, and during the elections, most probably all the investigations will stop. That's part of the everything freezes. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. But I, I am prob- I am, I am sure that if the prime minister would think that it's to his personal benefit to go to elections now, there's going to be elections. And when I say now, again, everybody understands that when we say now, it means like the end of June, because there are three months that have to pass, minimum of three months, and um, and they don't want it to run into the to the summer season when so many people are away. So there you have it. This is really the breakdown of the current situation in the political field in Israel. And time will tell where we're going to go and what's going to happen. Who's going to be responsible for bringing down this government? I will tell you that once before, it, uh, in the past, it was the religious Zionists that brought down a very good government, uh, that of Yitzhak Shamir. They thought that they were doing the right thing and they would get a better result. And ultimately, what they ended up getting was a much worse result. It was Ehud Barak and everything that followed from that. And I believe the religious Zionist world learned its lesson. If you have something good going, you stick with it. I hope that the leaders of the Aguda in Israel learned the lesson as well and uh, will not carry out on their threat. They're always always ways of getting out of every kind of situation that is created in politics. There's always a way out. There's always some deal that could be made to uh, to keep the status quo. question is whether all sides want that deal to be made. Yishai Rebo's new album hit the, uh, hit the stores, hit the shelves, hit the 
hit, hit the online world over the last few days. Shetach Afor is the name of the album. And one of the songs I really, as I was listening yesterday to them, some of them we've played already. They were pre-released um, and have been very popular. This one is called Kamatov Shabbat. And the way it's spelled, Shabbat, Shin Bet Aleph Taf, it's how good that you have come in female. Right? In male it would be Kamatov Shabbata. In the female it's Kamatov Shabbat. But if you say it quickly, it sounds like how good is Shabbat. So it is a, a play on words of how good that you came that could be referring to Shabbat. How good it is that Shabbat has come. Shabbat in the female. And Kamatov Shabbat, how great Shabbat is. And uh, that's, that's I think, just the, the genius of this song. Shulchan Aruch, they wrote Shabbat. Uh, the table is set, the the candles of Shabbat. I can't explain it, but now suddenly everything is good again. I stop running. Breathe a little. How good it is that you have come, or how great is Shabbat. Shabbat Malkasheli, and Yesir Toda, I'm grateful to you. At Kmoshir Chadash, like a new song, Kmobet Mikdash Ma'at, like a small Bet Mikdash Malkasheli Shabbat. Osher Kaful, double delight, if you will. Dibur Echad, At Gam Zocheret, Gam Shomeret Alai. And that, of course, is a play on Zachor Shamor, Shamor Zachor Dibur Echad, which is in Lachadodi, which is a play, which is a play on the Medrash, where commenting on the fact that we have in Torah the the Aseret Hadibur I mentioned are, are brought down twice, once. The first time I believe it says Zacharot Yom Shabbat, and the second time. Shamorat Yom Shabbat, and Chazal say that there are two mitzvot, one of Shamor, one of Zachor, but they were said in a way from by God, and in a way that a human being can't possibly do. They were said at the same time, the word Shamor and the word Zachor, and that's in Lachadodi Shamor v'Zachor b'Dibur Echad, and here um, Yishai Ribo is playing on that. Osher Kaful, we have like a double pleasure, right? We have in the Shami Yetera. Dibur Echad, Shemar Zachor was said in one Dibur. Ad Gam Zocheret, you remember as in Zachor, Gam Shomeret Alai, as in Shamor. At Ishviyut, Ir Miklat. At Ishviyut, you are an island of sanity. Ir Miklat, a place to run to. The Kamatov Shabbat, Kamatov Shabbat. Beautiful words, really. Uh, just, he is amazing, Yishai Rebo. We are introducing it here. Kamatov Shabbat, Yishai Rebo. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shabbat 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 
Ishai Rebo. <laughs> That's very interesting. At the end, he throws in words that are not on the, on the uh, official words that you get with the album. I, belie- I don't know. Maybe I heard it wrong. What did he say at the end? I thought he said, you know what? We're going to do this live <laughs> with you listening. I'm going to try and get to the end of the song. And uh, and try and hear what he says at the end. Yeah, I was right. I was right. I thought I heard that. Wow. He says Shulchan Hafuch at the end. He started with Shulchan Aruch. The table is set. And he ends with Shulchan HaFuch. I wonder why. I t- I'm trying to understand what that's about. Maybe that's after Shabbat, that the Shulchan is HaFuch. I don't know. Wow. Okay. On the air discovery. I hadn't listened through to the whole song, obviously. I heard parts of it, and I loved it, and I loved the words. And now I see at the end this mysterious part that uh, doesn't appear on the list. So... Uh, on to our next topic. Israel is becoming a uh, really a high-impact country when it comes to martial arts. So many Israelis have been winning awards in the martial arts. Judo started with judo. Judo was the first uh, Israeli gold medal in an uh, first Israeli medal in an Olympics was um uh was in judo and um there 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 were more judo medals that uh over time uh silver i i think there was also a gold medal i don't remember um kickboxing nilly block who we uh we like to follow on our facebook page and who's appeared on Jamie and am she is such a role model to so many young people um and uh now there was a world championship in jiu jitsu jiu jitsu is not an olympic sport and they they have their own world championship this world championship for juniors under the age of 21 israel's delegation returned home with two gold medals wow four silver medals and seven bronzes little israel in the world championship of jiu jitsu who would have thunk it but and here's the big but. The Hatikva, the national anthem, and the Israeli flag were both conspicuously missing in the medals ceremonies. Why? Because these games took place in Abu Dhabi, in the United Arab Emirates. And they will not publicly acknowledge the state of Israel's existence. <laughs> and so the Israeli... Israeli athletes had to compete under a sort of neutral flag of the um, of the Jiu-Jitsu League. 
the Jiu-Jitsu International Federation. And when it came time to accept the gold medal, Meshi Rosenfeld, who won a gold medal in the Women's Juniors Under 55 Kilo competition, when the time came for her to get on the stand and see the flag of her country and hear her national anthem, instead she saw the flag that she didn't really recognize of the Jiu-Jitsu International Federation, and she heard the anthem of this federation, which she, she's, not, she's never heard in her life, she said in an interview yesterday that I heard. She said she's never heard this. She has no idea what it was. She says, but if you look at the video, you can see that I am actually singing Hatikva, and if you watch my lips, you'll see that that's what's going on there. But that didn't give her solace. She said that it's an interesting feeling. On one hand, she feels great that she won. She feels the, the excitement, the accomplishment. At the same time, she says, she, there is a level of disappointment that the country that she, she represents, her country, is being banned. She's won other competitions, and she says the excitement, the feeling when your flag is raised, when your national anthem is, is shown, and, and you have the pride as a Jew and as an Israeli who's representing Israel in world uh, sports, that all is, uh, was absent from her win um, at, at this competition. They say, by the way, the athletes, all of them say, that privately they were treated very well. And uh, they were welcomed warmly. And um, they had all kinds of other nice things that were, that were done for them. But at the same time, no flag. No. Now, you, 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 might, you might say to yourself, I mean, this is not the first time this has happened. We reported on this a few years back. I believe then it was judo. Why does the UAE get to host the world championships time and time again, even while they ignore the basics of international sport competition? We're told that international sports like the Olympics and these uh, games, championships, are supposed to be above hatred, above politics. Well, the UAE, very sly, says no, it has nothing to do with, uh, with our recognition or non-recognition of Israel. It's security, for security reasons. For security reasons, we can't raise the flag and we can't have the anthem because it'll draw attention to uh, to Israel and uh, there might be threats like like nobody knows that these are Israelis like people who want to do something <sighs> they'd be fooled they'll be fooled by this oh it's not Israelis it's World Jiu-Jitsu Federation whoever they are oh come on but I guess the answer is because nobody cares enough Nobody other than within Israel, within the Jewish people, nobody cares enough. So there you go. A couple of quick stories for you. You know what? We'll do some music, and then if we have some time, we'll do a couple of quick stories. How's that? Good enough? Here is a a classic, Boaz Sharabi, going back to the early 1990s. Off of his album Atli Laila Halavai. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Oh, yeah. 
here on the Israel show thank you so much for tuning in making us part of your week so uh, Don McLean is going to be appearing in Israel so bravo to him uh, he's been to Israel many times he actually composed a song about Jerusalem uh, previously and uh, we are uh, saluting him today yes Shkayach. and uh, on Israeli radio if you listen in you can hear advertisements for his uh, for his performance all the time and it's very exciting. We, uh, we're happy that he did not cave into the BDS. I saw a headline. This is really uh, a weird headline. Polish chief rabbi says, quote, young Jews are questioning their place in Poland, end quote. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Yeah. Young, young Jews are questioning their place in Poland. I mean, I think everybody's questioning their place in Poland. What are they doing in Poland? <sighs> okay, just had to. I, I had to get that out of my system. Um, Prince William is going to be the first member of the royal family in history to visit the modern state of Israel, which means in the last 70 years. Now, you'll remember that um, the group of uh, the nation that was here, that was in charge of the area, this area of, uh, of the Middle East, that was Great Britain after World War II. They were given a job by the League of Nations, and said their job was to help quickly establish a Jewish state in what was then called Palestine. There was no state here uh, in, in Israel at that time. There was nothing. There was there were groups of, of uh, Jews. There were groups of Arabs. But uh, Jews had already begun the process of uh, of trying to establish a state, putting up uh, schools and so forth. And that was the job of the British. Now, what happened when the British ended up coming here, in fact, was that they didn't do a very good job. They mainly sided with the Arabs. They were not happy with the Jews. They didn't like the Jews. And ultimately, they got so fed up that um, they left. They were, um, I would say, they were scared by the very early terrorist attacks of uh, of the Arabs. The Arabs, um, that was their policy. And um, so they left here with a very angry feeling about Israel. Let's just say it that way. And... Um, They've held that grudge for a very long time, and all these years, there was never a member of the royal family to come to Israel on an official visit. His father, Prince William's father, um, Charles, was here, I believe, twice here. I keep saying here. I'm not in Israel. I wish I would be, but... 
Prince Charles was in Israel twice. I believe both times were for funerals. One was for the funeral of Rabin and one for the funeral of Paris. The last time at the funeral of Paris, he actually ventured over to the Mount of Olives where his, Prince Charles's mother, is buried. That's a long story. We spoke about it back then after the funeral and we discussed it at length what how that happened. Anyway, so actually Prince William will be able to visit his grandmother's grave on Harazetim. It, it 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 is quite historic looking at it that way that it, it is the first time that a British royal is coming here since the establishment of the state of Israel. Okay, we're going to close off Close off? No, we're going to close out. How's that? Let's close out and not close off. Okay, we have everybody's agreement to do that. Uh, with Odelia Berlin and her remake of Kumitzi, words by Chaim Nachman Bialik, relative of mine Bialik, great uncle, and um, composition by Naomi Shember. Before we do that, oh, let us also remind you before we get to the Let's also remind you that all the links, or the links to all the songs that we played during the show, uh, will be posted on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show, one word, facebook.com slash The Israel Show, and uh, as will a link to the entire show, and um, we uh, call your attention to that. It's it's great to be able to listen to the music whenever you want, and uh, please do share that with your friends as well um, so here we go we're going to close out with Odelia Berlin and Kumitzi thanks so much for listening thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network and my very special thanks as always to Nachum Siegel coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network Yoni Pollock with after further review covering the latest in the world of sports and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following Jamie in the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh no, they're just running in a different race. Yeah, zero.